0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. We are in the middle of the series called Lifting a Standard, and uh, that's what I'm going to be preaching into today. Um, and some of you might know that uh, a few weeks back, my wife and I went on like this dream vacation, and we didn't really know it was a dream vacation until we went on the vacation because we didn't really know about this type of vacation. In the U.S. Virgin Islands. And, uh, pastors Mike and Katie Yeager from Eastlake were going on this trip and a few people canceled. Thank you, Jesus. And so they asked us if we wanted to go and we were like, let's make it happen. So we had my wife's, uh, mom fly down, help us watch the kids. My parents kicked in and, uh, lo and behold, we were off on this eight day trip in the U.S. Virgin Islands in the middle of the ocean, staying on a boat. It was unbelievable. And, uh, we get to these beaches, and it might be the most beautiful part of the world that I've ever seen. Maybe that, that there is. I don't know. But the, the water is aqua. The mountains are in the middle of all these different little islands. Um, the, the, the weather was 82 to 75. That was the, the range. Um, I brought a couple pictures just to show you uh, what it kind of looks like. Um, that's legitimately what it looks like, but not as good. Uh, I th- is there one other one? That's not my wife, but um, that's kind of what it looks like there. That, that's like kind of the color of the water and you're surrounded in these little bays and you're on the most beautiful white sand beaches and it's literally breathtaking. When you when you are there and you and you're looking around, it takes your breath away. We we stayed at this one little bay that was um, pitch black. There was no other boats there. There was no lights for maybe a mile or so. Um, we found out the next day that we weren't supposed to stay there. That's why there was no boats there. And so, um, but we were there. And uh, what was what was unbelievable about it is we got out on the boat uh, probably like 10 at night and looked up and you literally could not see a space this big without a star. Like it was the most majestic view of stars I had ever seen. And, uh, and I realized when thinking about that trip, it was because God spoke in the beginning that we were speechless. Because God spoke, we were speechless. And to think that when God spoke at the beginning of time, all of the beautiful landscape and the seas and everything was, was created like that. And then he, the Bible says, and then he also made the stars. It's like he just threw the stars like cherry on top, and it was the most beautiful thing I had maybe ever seen in my life, but it was because he spoke that we became speechless. The word of God will cause you to be speechless if you allow it. That's the title of my message this morning. The word of God will make you speechless. Daniel ten fifteen says this, when he had spoken such words to me, the word of God, I turned my face toward the ground and became Speechless. The Word of God is is so powerful, and uh, if you ever want to lift up a standard, you need the Word of God on the inside of you. Psalm 33, 6 to 9 says this, By the Word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Verse 8, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The word of God is powerful. The, the, the Bible says that, that the whole, all the inhabitants of the earth should stand in awe of him. When I was in the U.S. Virgin Islands and even last week in, in Baja and I saw the coastline of Baja, I was in awe not of the coastline. I was in awe of him. One of the problems with some people is they become infatuated with the creation and not the creator. And so they stand in awe of the creation and they forget about the creator. It's one of the schemes of the devil. He'll try to take you out by the blessing of God. So you start to make the blessing uh, what you stand in awe of and not the blesser. We need to stand in awe of him. The Bible says that we have no excuses all over the world. You have no excuse because the earth points to, to God. The earth points to a creator. So even if you live in the corner of some remote village, the earth is prophesying that there is a God, that there is a creator, that everything that we see speaks about the Creator. The Word of God will make the world speechless. Secular scientists today, to this day, cannot reconcile creation, the beginning of the universe. They still think there's like this Big Bang Theory, this random collision in the universe that caused everything to happen. And I'm not opposed to the Big Bang Theory. I believe that the Big Bang was the Word of God that exploded into the universe when he said, let there be light, and all of a sudden light was, and creation began, but it was not some random collision of things evolutionists are still trying to figure out how animals and humans evolved from a single cell. It's really simple. They didn't. I'm not sure what our kids are learning today, but they they didn't. They didn't. They cannot find transitional fossils explaining evolution because there isn't any. Every animal, when God spoke, bam, it was... Fully complete, fully functioning, just how it is. Everything working at the same time, all systems working at the same time, otherwise they couldn't live. Common sense. Fully functioning. In other words, there, there isn't like a transitional rat cat. The animal between the rat and the cat, there, that does not exist. The rat was fully created, I'm not sure why. And the cat was fully created. There is no, yeah, not sure why. There is no rat cat. Thank you, Pastor Sterling. (laughs) There are no combo animals. When I was at UCLA, I was in my astronomy class, and the tutor said that we evolved from rats. And I'm thinking to myself, I didn't really pay attention in church growing up, but I knew that answer. And I was like, excuse me. He kind of looked like a rat. I was like, maybe you came from a rat, but I didn't come from a rat. I was a cocky 18-year-old, you know, I just told him how it was. <laughs> all of it created with the Word. And if you, if you look at creation, all of creation, it'll, it'll cause you to be speechless. Did you know that the same day he created us on day six, he also created creeping things? No, you didn't. Did you know that insects in the world outweigh humans by a factor of 17. Gross, huh? When God created uh, creeping things, He created 9,000 different species of insects. And did you know only one can turn its head? No, you didn't, because why would you care about that? But I looked it up. Only one insect can turn its head. It's called a mantid, which is a praying mantis. They can turn their heads. 180 degrees. The only insect that can actually turn its head. And do you know what uh, where mantis comes from? It comes from the Greek word mantikos, meaning prophet. Another word for a prophet is a seer. So the only animal, the only, sorry, insect, species 9,000, that can see more than just straight ahead is a praying prophet. A praying mantis. All of creation points to God. All of creation points. And it also said that because the praying mantis can hold its hands like this and can see 180 degrees, it is a deadly weapon, a deadly predator uh, in the insect world. Powerful, powerful. The whole earth just speaks of God, speaks of a creator. And the more you try to figure him out, the more speechless you will become. Can you imagine 9,000 species of creeping things with a word? He said it, and it was done. Nothing more powerful than the Word of God, which is why we got to get the Word of God on the inside of us. Hebrews 11.3 says this, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. In other words, the invisible created the visible. And the reason why the invisible has authority over the visible is because the Creator always has authority over His creation. The spirit world has, has authority over the physical world because the spiritual world created the physical world. So the word, the, the word framed the worlds, and the word also holds it together. Hebrews uh, 1.3 says this, second half. It says, and upholding, this is the amplified. Ready to get amped. And upholding and maintaining and propelling all things the entire physical and spiritual universe by his powerful word carrying the universe along to its predetermined goal. So the the word of God not only framed the worlds that we live in, but it also holds it together. That's why the devil has been working tirelessly for centuries to try to remove the word of God from every sphere of culture so that chaos would ensue and that the word of God wouldn't be able to carry that sphere of culture to its predetermined goal. That's why we got to get the word of God back into our culture and back into our education systems so that the word of God can carry it where it's supposed to go. In the beginning, when God spoke, he spoke into chaos and darkness and he brought order. So when you remove the word of God from a specific organization or a specific sphere of culture, chaos and darkness will ensue, a.k.a. our education system. In 1962 and 63, two landmark decisions by the Supreme Court declaring that school-led prayer and Bible reading is unconstitutional. They kicked the word of God out of the schools, and now they're begging God to come back because schools are in chaos, but God is saying, hey, until you invite me back in, I can't come. They've kicked God. They've kicked the word of God out, so now we have, you know, school shootings. Now we're teaching our kids sexually explicit stuff in elementary school. Now we're allowing, uh, you know, children, uh, boys to go into girls' bathrooms. We're teaching evolution. We're allowing other religions, other than the name of Jesus— to be declared. We're right now voting on a curriculum in California called ethnic studies curriculum or something like that, that is basically uh, set out to decolonize America and to co- and to call America racist, uh, white supremacist, attacking the white Christian. All of these things is being voted on right now by these extremists trying to infiltrate our education system because they kicked the word of God out. They kick the Word of God out. we got to get the Word of God back into our, back into our uh, education system. We have to get the Word of God back into our culture, into our government, or men will continue to beat up women in MMA fights and cracking skulls, which is true in the name of gender equality. So there's confusion. There's chaos when you remove the Word of God. We have to get the Word of God back into our culture or unborn children will continue to be terminated up until the time of birth and even after. Because we've kicked the Word of God out, the Word of God can't hold our systems together and carry it to where its predetermined goal was to be. we got to get the Word of God back into our culture and into our systems. That's why we have to vote for people like Marco Contreras... Because he carries the word of God and he will stand up for righteousness. He will stand up for you, believe. He will stand up for the word of God. we got to get the word of God back into our culture. John 1, 1 to 5, verse 14 says this. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. That's why when you speak into creation, it will respond because it recognizes the voice of God because everything that was created was through the word. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. When God spoke the word of God into darkness, darkness was speechless. It couldn't handle it. It didn't know how to extinguish it. It didn't know how to comprehend the word of God. Verse 14, and the word became flesh. Whoa. Flesh and dwelt among us. I got younger with that blonde hair, Scotty. (laughs) And the flesh and it dwelt among us. So Jesus is the Word of God in action. Jesus never did anything he didn't first see the Father do or say anything he didn't first hear the Father say. He is the will of God in action. If you want to know what the will of God is, look at the life of Jesus. And he shows us how to raise up a standard when the enemy comes in in Matthew 4, 1 to 11, in one of the most famous passages of Scripture that there is. And it says this, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. I I love this passage of scripture because Jesus just got released into his ministry. Remember John the Baptist says, that's the Messiah. That's the Lamb of God. Takes away the sin of the world. Gets baptized by John the Baptist. Gets released into his ministry. He's on a high. And then the Spirit of God leads him to the wilderness to be tempted. Don't be so quick to blame the devil when you're being tested. Maybe God is trying to get something to you. God is promising you something, but he wants to know that you know how to use the sword before he can take you into the promised land because once he takes you in there, he wants you to be able to defend what he gave you. So the Spirit of the Lord takes Jesus out into the wilderness to be tested. Isn't that like us like we, we're on the top of the world we just started a business we just sold a business not to prophesy but we just we just uh you know got into this marriage or this relationship or started this ministry and all of a sudden there's resistance and here's here's the deal our response is the same we're still going to whoop the devil whether the the spirit of God is leading us out to do it or whether the devil is directly attacking but he, we're going to attack the devil no matter what but you just might be being tested because God wants to take you somewhere That's powerful. He wants to take you somewhere. He wants to take you where he's promised to take you. And so he wants to know that you can use the sword. Some of the most craziest times in my life is that have actually resulted in some of the biggest blessings. Fifteen years ago, I had kidney failure, but I knew a guy who came in and declared the word of God, Isaiah 58, that my healing would come forth speedily, and I got healed. And because I got sick over the last 15 years, so many people have been healed. Don't despise your testing times. Don't despise your testing times. It was, that happened right after I learned about the power of God, right after I learned about the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, I was so excited, and then I got sick. Same thing happened with our house. We got a prophetic word that said, you're going to buy a house this year. This a couple years ago. So we're like, woohoo! So we go, and we look for houses. We find the house. We're, in, we're, we're upstairs in the master bedroom when God says, this is your house, and we start to prophesy that this is our house. And wouldn't you know, the next week, another offer comes in and it goes into escrow. somebody else do you know how to use the word do you know how to do you know how to fight so what do we do we began to prophesy the word that god gave us and we started to curse the contract the contract falls apart we slide in and buy the house god told us that we were going to buy but he wanted to know if we could use the sword he wanted to test us and make sure that we says then Says, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness by, and be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered, Jesus answered and said, It is written. One of the most powerful things you can do is say, It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to a holy city, set him on a pinnacle of the temple. And said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. The devil uses the word of God. The devil knows the word of God. He knows how powerful it is. He knows when Christians hear the word of God, they're like. He says, it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Then Jesus said, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. The level of your word is the level of your authority. The devil will tries to use, to try to use the truth to hurt you and cause you to transgress the truth. Because he knows a lot of Christians don't know the Bible. He knows a lot of Christians don't know the word, so he'll use the word to manipulate you and hurt you. He may come to you, business person. And you may know that you are called to create wealth. You are called to make money. You have a gift for businesses. And he might call, call to you and say, hey, the Bible says God has given you the power to get wealth. And he may egg you on. And you may, you may come up against a deal that is a, a big return, but it's a little bit shady. But you're like, man, I'm called to make money. God has gifted this to me. God has given this to me. And you may take that deal, transgressing the truth. Or he might say, hey, There's another job opportunity in another state, in another city. There's no church there, but there's a a job opportunity. And you've been called to make money. You should go and go make a bunch of money. So you go and make a bunch of money, and then you, what do you do? You stand in awe of the creation, of the blessing, instead of the creator, and it takes you out. The devil will use the truth to try to take you out. He'll use the Bible to try to take you out. That's why you got to know your word. There's nothing more powerful than the word of God. Again, he took him up to the exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him because he was speechless. And behold, angels came to minister to him. So Jesus lifts up a standard with the word of God and he fights the devil and the devil leaves. And then in Luke four fourteen it says, then Jesus returned in the power of the spirit to Galilee and news of him went out through all the surrounding regions. There is nothing like overcoming the devil. There's nothing like overcoming a trial. There's nothing like using this word and getting results. You will walk out of there empowered. You will walk out of there perfected like it says in James. You, but you need to know the word of God. You need to declare the word of God. The word of God will not only cause you to lift up a standard, but it will heal you. Psalm 107, 20, 21 says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. All you need if you have sickness in your body is a word. All I needed when I had sickness in my body was a word, and the word healed me. And it caused, people to point, it, it caused people to stand in awe of Jesus. The doctors didn't know what happened. People around me didn't know what happened. All I knew, though, is that the word was released, and God healed me. Just like the centurion, when his servant was sick, Jesus came to him, and the, and the centurion said, you don't even need to come over. I know authority. And Jesus says, he's healed because of your faith. He had never seen so much faith. Jesus didn't even go need to lay hands on them. All he did was he sent the word. He just sent the word. The word of God can heal you. The word of God can can deliver you. The word of God can cause you to stand in awe. The word of God, when he speaks, causes people to be speechless. Psalm 138, 2, 4, and 5 says this. For you have magnified your word above all of your name. Most powerful thing in the world, the word of God. All of the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord. When they hear the words of your mouth. Yes, they shall sing the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. I'm sorry, if you don't like the Bible, you're going to hate this message. But this this word says that God has elevated his word even above his name. And he says that when when even kings, when leaders, when CEOs, when business people, when ministry, when they hear your word, they shall sing the praise to you, O Lord. And I love it because it says that when they hear the word, how are they going to know unless we tell them? You can be a good example right up until the time someone goes to hell. Sometimes you got to open your mouth. Sometimes you got to tell somebody the goodness of God, the word of the Lord. you got to teach them. you got to educate them. You've got, you got to tell them what the word of God says. Sometimes we got to open our mouth. Being a good example is great, but there will be a time when someone's going to come to you And you got to open your mouth, and you got to speak the Word of God. Sometimes the Word of God, to have any kind of power, needs to be spoken, needs to be declared, needs to be declared. That's why Jesus taught the disciples in the Lord's Prayer. He said, when you pray, say. Not think in your mind. Not ponder in your mind. When you pray, say. That one sentence changed my prayer life. I used to pray in my head and fall asleep. Anybody else? Thank you for so many people raising your hands. (laughs) I used to pray all the time and just fall asleep. But when somebody said, the Bible says that when you pray, say. So I began to say stuff. I began to say out loud my prayers. I began to declare the Word of God out loud. And I'd found faith coming on the inside of me. Because whatever you say, you hear. And the Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So when you declare the Word of God out loud, you'll find faith Come into your life, and you'll find power and results is the answer. So we gotta say stuff. We gotta declare Did you know the devil can't read your mind? That's why Jesus said, "Away with you, Satan!" He didn't think about it. He said it. He said it. You gotta say. You gotta say stuff if you want the devil to leave. You gotta say stuff if you want sickness to leave. You gotta say stuff. You gotta declare stuff. And the words that you use don't have to be the exact words that are in the Bible. They have to line up with what the Bible says. That's why God can give you a word and you can declare it and creation and everything else can respond to it because the word of God will back you up if it's aligned with the word. That's why, that's why prophets are subject, their words are subject to the word of God. If it's not in alignment with the word of God, it ain't true. But God has given you the authority to use the word of God on your behalf. When we were in uh, the Virgin Islands, um, I'm just gonna keep talking about it. When we were in the Virgin Islands, we... Uh, we were on this beach, this beautiful beach. And when, you know, when you're in the Caribbean or the tropic areas, it, it, it rains all the time, you know, like 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, half an hour a day, whatever, it'll rain. And it had rained every day up until this point. But this day, we were on this beautiful beach. The sun was out. It was probably 82. The water was aqua, and we looked over there, and we saw a storm. I was with my wife and pastors Mike and Katie, and we saw the storm coming, and, and I remembered in the word, that Jesus spoke to weather. And I'm thinking to myself, if he can do it, the Bible says I can do it. And so I didn't use the exact words that he used. He just said, peace be still. What I said was, in the name of Jesus, on his behalf, I command that storm to go around this beach. In the name of Jesus, not one drop will hit this beach. Amen. And then we just started talking again. Guess what happened? There was not one drop of rain that hit that beach. And I got a picture of it. This is the picture of the storm after it passed over us. It was one big clump of storm, but if you can see right here in the middle, there is no storm in the middle, but there's a storm on each side. We happen to fall in between the part where there is no storm and is no rain. (laughs) Pastor Mike Yeager took a photo of it, and then he took it to his father-in-law like he was more jacked than I was. He took it to his father-in-law, who's been a pilot, fighter pilot for 30 years. I think he's a commercial pilot now who studies weather, and he said, storms... Do not do that. He said that had to be a miracle. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is powerful. The word of God never fails. Isaiah 55, 11 says this. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Jesus is the word. And the word never fails, it never returns to God void. So when Jesus came to earth, he had to be successful. He didn't have another option because he's the word and the word doesn't return to him void. So he, he only was gonna be successful. He didn't come on a hope, he didn't come on a whim, he didn't come on a maybe, he didn't come with his fingers crossed, with a rabbit's foot. He wasn't the underdog. He didn't make some crazy comeback after he was beaten and crucified. He knew he was going to be successful. Like my man LL Cool J said back in the day, don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. Jesus was prophesied before the foundation of the, of the world, that he was going to be on a cross, that he was going to die, and that he was going to get up again. He'd been there for years. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He knew he was the answer before there was a problem. He'd been on the cross for years and years and years before he was ever on the cross. He'd been there for years. He'd been there for years but God had to get his word into the prophets because he needed his word released on the earth. So the prophets began to prophesy for thousands of years Jesus' death and resurrection. And it was their prophetic words that echoed through history that created his story. What I like about that is the words didn't originate in the prophets. They originated in God. But when the prophets spoke, they created history. It tells me that God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as his word in his mouth because the power is in the word. So if you want to create a future and a hope, begin to prophesy the word of God into, the, into your future. If you want to create history, prophesy into your future because his word in your mouth is powerful because there's power in his word. And if that wasn't enough, then Jesus came on the earth. He arrived. And Jesus himself prophesied four times in the gospel that he was gonna die and be raised again on the third day. And God gave me this picture a number of years ago that about about the prophetic, and and what happens in the invisible when we begin to speak the Word of God. Just like in the beginning, when God spoke, and the Bible says that the Spirit of God was hovering. He was hovering over the face of the deep. He was waiting for the Word. He was waiting for the Word of God, and when God said, let there be light, it was like the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, grabbed that Word and executed it on the earth. So when Jesus died, unlike us, our spirits go to heaven. Jesus' spirit, the Holy Spirit, hovered over the tomb. Over the tomb, and he was just waiting for that third day to execute the prophetic words that Jesus had prophesied, that the prophets had prophesied. He was just waiting for that word to catch up because his word is eternal. His word is eternal. What he spoke to you 10 years ago, it's still alive and well. It's still traveling through history, waiting to catch up with that day where it can execute the word of God that he spoke to you and bring you in to the promised land. Come on, there's nothing more powerful than the word of God. It never fails, it never fails. A month ago I was driving to church and God said something really powerful to me. He said, my word is actually not enough. I was like, shoot, I'm putting together this message. It's talking about the word and it's all powerful and and it's amazing. But God said, My word is actually not enough. He said, if you want shift in your life, life, not only do you need, to de- you need to declare the word, but you need to believe the word. The word has no power if you don't believe it. Somebody's got to believe it. Somebody's got to believe it. The Bible says in Romans 10:9, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So when your confession lines up with your belief, you tap into eternal power. You tap into a power that is not carnal, that is not earthly, but is supernatural. If you wanna see results, get the word of God in your mouth and get the belief in your heart so that when you declare, you start to see results. So when your business is failing, you begin to prophesy and bring that thing back to life. When you need a baby, you prophesy, and that thing, and and fruitfulness comes in the womb. When you are sick, you declare that you are healed, and you believe it in your heart. There's nothing more powerful than the Word of God, if you believe. Amen? Amen. Come on, why don't you give Jesus a clap? I want to pray for you. Why don't we all just close close our eyes? There may be some some people here, you've heard about Jesus, but you've never believed in your heart, so you've never tapped into that eternal power. One decision, one invitation can take you from eternity away from God to eternity with him. So if you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, I want to give you that opportunity. If you're here today and you've asked him to come into your life once, but maybe you've taken your life back and you feel far from him and you want to... A brand new start. You want to rededicate your life to him. I want to give you that opportunity. So if you're one of those two people right now with every eye closed, can you just slip up your hand so I can see it and I want to pray for you. Is there anybody like that? God bless you, sir. I see that hand over here. God bless you, ma'am. Thank you. God bless you over here. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Thank you over here to my right. Thank you. Up in the back. Thank you. Thank you. Once I see your hand, you can put it down. It's been about five people so far. Is there anybody else? Well you can tap into something that you can't even imagine? Something that'll cause you to be speechless. Is there anybody else? God bless you, sir. I see that hand over there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, with every eye closed and head bowed. I want everybody in the building to repeat this prayer after me, especially those of you that lifted your hand. There was probably five of you that lifted your hand. I want you to say these words out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for my sins. Lord Jesus, today I invite you into my life, and I thank you that you've forgiven me for my sins. Lord Jesus, today I declare that I am saved, that heaven is my home, and God is my Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, why don't we give those people a hand? God bless you, sir. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you. We have a response lounge right over here, and in there we have some of our team, and they have a, a book called Following Jesus. That will help you on your journey we also have a bible we want to give you if you don't have a bible we can pray for you if you need prayer but do not leave this service without stopping in there and letting us talk to you and honor you for that decision um you can bring your family in there you can bring your uh friends in there it's all good we just want to help you and honor that decision and at the end of this service we're gonna have a, a some of our ministry team come up and pray and if you're sitting here and, and something maybe struck you, maybe, maybe you're not believing God for something, or maybe you're discouraged, maybe you're depressed, maybe you're in fear, let us pray for you this morning. Or maybe you want a fresh dose of the Holy Ghost, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need power this morning. Come on up and let us pray for you. But why don't we all stand up? I'm going to bless you before you take somebody out for uh, lunch or breakfast. Um, we have Marco, sorry, Marco Contreras. He's going to be out in the, uh, in the lobby. Go say hi to him. We have an Emerge 10 out there as well. But um, let me just pray for you and bless you as you go. This Wednesday night, by the way, Pastor Jurgen's going to be here. So Wednesday night's going to be powerful. <laughs> Father, I thank you for your word. And Lord, I thank you that your word is powerful. Father, I pray this week that we would have opportunities to declare and to speak your word. And Father, that we would believe and that we would see results, Father. I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in all of us. And Father, I thank you that you've called us to bring the Word of God into our culture. So, Father, bless each and every person today in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.